So hi guys, I'm back with an episode two. So I like to go into further detail about like my spiritual journey, specifically to me and my awakening, because like people think that these thing, these things kind of just pop up and happen one day, and that is completely false. I see angel angel number two four four two, and that's a beautiful number to me. The the symmetry is just beautiful. Anyways, so let me just say how everything starts by hitting rock bottom. Like you have to go through an immense amount of pain and suffering and really it feels like you're being called out. By who? You don't always know because sometimes you start off knowing um, and then that knowing kind of transforms into other things, more knowing, if you allow it, right? Because what I think, excuse me, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that we can place limitations on ourselves consciously and subconsciously. The mind as a malleable object, metaphorically and literally, is impressionable. And so the patterns which you feed into it then become loops that it has to constantly play out. And just imagine if you keep doing that same pattern, then that has to play out. But the moment and the moments you try to disrupt those patterns, it's like all hell breaks loose, whether in your mind and it feels like you are losing it or in your environment and everything feels like it's falling down around you. And so when people say they've gone through spiritual awakening, if it didn't come with a lot of sacrifice, I don't think that's what that was. I think maybe they'll, I can't even say there were ego deaths because spiritual awakening is ego death. And so like the ego completely becomes null and void till it finds itself again in a pure space because what we also have to understand um, which is what I've said in the YouTube video I recorded today. I did the tarot collective spread for Capricorn. And it's about directionality over positionality, right? And so are you going in the direction for your highest self? Maybe going in the direction for your highest self. And for me, this is what spiritual awakening is. On the path to myself, to self-fulfillment, to self-love, right? And maybe you don't conceptualize that as your spiritual path. Well, then I wouldn't call that spirituality. I would call that something else. Because fundamentally, spirits in themselves are individual. Like, they are um, spaces, if you will. Like, it's no thing, shape, or form However, it takes up a certain amount of energy, frequency. It has its own vibration. Like, I think about it as like an aura, okay? 
because your aura is bigger than your physical body. And so too is your spirit, right? Which is how, you know, people can feel like they've sensed you coming because your spirit is speaking on your behalf way before your presence is even, you know, felt, right? And so when we talk about things like that and spirit as a means of space, um, the amount of space you take up, then it becomes less about, you know, ego and the things that identify that space. Then it's not about simply surface level things that you can see, like your body and your race and things like that. Then it's more about your mentalities. How do you think? Do you analyze yourself on a fundamental basis to know what distinguishes your space from another? And this is easy. I'll bring it all the way back down because I took it all the way up as I tend to do. To bring it all the way back down, let's talk about friendships, right? Unfortunately, I was born... This is unfortunate and fortunate at the same time. Unfortunately, I was born an only child, which made me more prone to being alone, right? I appreciated the aloneness, but also felt there was a curse, right? Um, my parents suffered from depression in various forms, um, and that... Um, I think filtered down to me in a way that I tended to emotionally shut down. Like, my favorite thing to do, tangibly, was to go hide in my closet and to just be in the darkness. Like, to me, that is when everything became one. There there was no, no barrier between you know, my sadness and the rest of the world, everything was just dark. And so in that space, I felt like I grew to know who God was. And um, in rehab, I remember sharing my um, experience and this girl saying, uh, she was incredible because she was the most eccentric girl in the house, right? She had came, she was 19, her name, I'm gonna call her, well, I can say her name because she probably will never listen to this podcast. Anyways, her name was Haley. And Haley was basically like, <laughs> it's because God raised you. Like, your parents didn't have to be there because God was raising you themselves. And I was like, girl. But, of course, she was, like, very Christianized. And so, to her, God was a him and things like that. And so, I was like, girl, you better preach about it. And so, you know, I'm going to go there with you. Wherever you are, I'm going to meet you right there. Um, depending on if I want to, you know, take that trip. Sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes it's really not. <laughs> but anyways, and I was like, you better preach about it because they definitely did. But in that moment, I wasn't as like confident and brave about it. I just broke down crying because that thing registered with me so deeply. I had never expressed it in that manner. Like, Definitely God raised me in the sense that I had nobody else to commune with. Literally only child. When I'm playing in my room, because I always had my only own my own room and I slept in my own bed because my mother said that she couldn't sleep with me because I would move too much and I would scratch and all these things. And it will, to me now it's an excuse. Because I'm your child, like make it make it work. Anyways, whatever. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> but 
But to I said that to say, when you are in your natural state of being and the environment has made you to feel that your natural state of being is inappropriate, it's too much, um, it's not enough, um, and all these things that don't validate everything that it is and the value for what it is simply, then your fundamental understanding of yourself and your perception of the world is flawed. And so for me, that wasn't acceptable because I'm always trying to push that which I know. I always want to know more. My favorite thing to do when I was little beyond, you know, sitting in this closet was reading books. Because in a book, I could be somebody else. My mind would literally paint these pictures, go with these characters, pick their voices, say what they look like. Not having, you know, only from the details of the book. And I found that very magical. As a Sagittarian, a seeker, that's what I was... That's the shit that I was made out of, to be very honest. And I have ran with that. I went to this Akashic reading um, the other day. I got my Akashic reading done in January of this year. And it was pretty phenomenal because one of the things, the first thing she talked about was how I was a seeker. She had a split screen in her visualization of me gathering things in my basket in a forest and at the beach. Consequently, when I think about this lifetime, those are the only two landscapes I imagine like my happiness in, right? I think about the beach with the ocean. Oh my God, I love the beach. But like the forest with the a rainfall, you know, all the trees, like that is a magical place to me. So these things made sense. If you get a reading and it doesn't confirm something in you that already knows this, I wouldn't agree with it. If if you feel like it's telling you something new in the sense that um, you can't fathom that um, or you can't see that, Granted, I'm going to speak for me specifically because I'm an optimist. Some people, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie, especially earth signs and some water signs and a little bit of air signs. You guys need that, like, push. But fire signs, they on it. They jump in everywhere because that fire, fire catch quick, right? So similar to with um, passion and intuition, when something registers with us, we can catch that quickly. However, for earth signs, that takes a good minute. They got to trust you and they got to invest some time and, you know, quality of life. Things like that are, you know, pivotal in understanding how they um, make their changes in their life, how they move through transitions. This is why your birth chart is very important. And there is so much emphasis on the Internet of astrology and things like that. These things aren't the answers. They're means to the answers. And they're a means in a way where there's confirmation from things that we have no control out of, right? So when we talk about movements of the planets, um, positions of calculations of the sky and the moon, and um, what, what we calculate as astrology, these things have their validity in that we're not telling these celestial bodies to move. They're already moving. And 
even in the explications of it, whether somebody tells you from a book or you just look up at the skies and tune into the energies of yourself, because I have a hood astrologer on YouTube called Dolo the Playman, and he be spitting knowledge. And basically, he combines sidereal astrology with, you know, Western astrology, because there are two forms of astrology. And so basically, as you delve deeper into yourself and into any subject, any given subject, you realize that there's always more to know and there's an ever expanding, you know, base to work from. And then you understand fundamentally that that's life. There's a starting point and then it keeps going, right? That's a line. And when we talk about geometry and fundamental math concepts, and so like these things are all interconnected. And what our society has currently taught us to do is compartmentalize things, separate them, um, and make them different when the differences is only as an expression of how fluid the beauty of, like, the duality is. Like, no one thing is so difficult to explain, and I wish I can just make you guys feel this, but there... There's valid, there's validity and value in every expression. However, the extreme nature of expression is its own kind of entity. But it's because it isn't sharing too much with another that allows it to become toxic. So even going as far back as friendships, which is the whole reason I started the rant in the first place. When we talk about the people who we see in our lives, who we count on and things like that, these people are mirroring our frequency vibrations. So as a spirit, we have distinguished our space in that it is unique to us um, and our individual, but it's similar to another in that we're all working out of this duality, right? And so we encounter a friend and maybe this friend and you have a lot in common surfacely, right? Um, maybe y'all had the same trauma experiences, grew up in the same neighborhood, um, had one or two siblings the same, you know, things like that. Um, ultimately, you've met these people because there's something in you that is a reflection of them right there's something there's a part of you that sees a like-mindedness within another and the way that i know this is facts is because as humans bred in or conditioned in our current society that's how they operate right we only operate out of a likeness out of similarity and so the moment a good way to put that is conformity. So the moment that somebody or something tries to, much like your thoughts and when you're trying to change the um, patterns that have been already conditioned. So much like that, all that feels like death consistently because you're trying to 
travel the road less traveled, right? Um, and so oftentimes that road isn't beaten out for you. You're going to have to cut your way through. I think about in the, the Amazon rainforest, it may not look the same now because, you know, climate change, I guess. Anyways, but trying to cut way through, uh, cut your way through to a path that isn't already set, you're going to need a machete to get through the bushes. You're going to need something to make sure or a tool to help you see your way when there is no way. Um, and that's the tool that I use is my intuition, right? So when we talk about spirituality, my highest self is that part of me um, when I'm meditating and that stillness, that observer behind the observer, right? When I acknowledge that as my highest self and my intuition and I start listening and following her, it, them, whatever you want to call it, then I know that, you know, I'm moving toward my own path. And so when I talk about friends, as you ascend, you'll have friends and that you start with, you know, that are really, you know, on your same frequency vibration. There are things, like I said, in you that are mirroring them. So if you are finding yourself with some toxic friends, then you got to be like, damn, it's some in me that's attracting these people. So what? how do I excavate this shit up out of me or change this feedback loop that I've been conditioned to believe um, inside of my mind so that I can actualize friendships that are reciprocal, that are healthy, that don't try to put me down or um, stifle all that I am? Because otherwise, how would I be an individual, right? So life is kind of like another duality between becoming and knowing your individuality, but also taking time to share that space with another. But it's important that in your own individuality, it's kind of happy, healed, and fulfilled because now everybody you meet will be reflections of that. So when you say, I'm manifesting, now you got you can talk to your friends about it and you know you don't have to worry that they won't taint their your manifestation with, you know, um, their worries, their guilt, their shame, their lower vibrational entities, um, uh, energies, sorry. But instead, you kind of have some support. Now you got a little oomph. I remember being in church and they would be like, you know, where two or three are gathered. Um, and at the time it was in Jesus's name, then everything was confirmed. But I think without all the religious rhetoric, that's similar too. Um, yes, in, in and of myself, I have a great deal of power. But when another person and then another person join in on that and we all on the same frequency vibration with a pure heart, mm, we'll talk about that next episode because that pure heart got me excited. But with a pure heart, um, then everything is only up from there. Their manifestations probably come quicker than you will even anticipate it. Um, and I'll really delve into like what manifestation is because we manifest all the time, right? We're all magicians at all times. So in a tarot deck, we talk about the magician. So after the fool, then we have the magician. And the magician is somebody who is aware of the elements at hand and they utilize their elements to um, live their best life. If that if that means traveling to their higher self, then they're doing that. But sometimes that does not mean that. Sometimes that means gaining some um, clout in this material world. And so maybe that looks like 
being a tainted magician. So oftentimes you'll see a magician in reverse when you have that type of situation because now it's more leaning toward how we think about manipulation, right? Um, and people always be like, you know, manipulation is a bad thing. But people be manipulating all the time. So you're going to tell the government to stop manipulating you? But what about when you need that tax refund? Is you really going to tell the government to stop manipulating you? Right. So um, this is why it's important for me to understand spirituality and really like get this message out there, because the moment we have an assurity and a confidence in our own individual spirits and then start to band together with other spirits of the same frequency of the same pure heartness, heartedness, um, then we can start rectifying this this material world because this is our world. And right now we just living in it. And that's not fair. Because the moment we take the reins and make this our world and then live in that, I think we'll see a lot of progress and a lot of change. And to, so too with friendships. If you see that your relationships have become toxic, um, your partner isn't as reciprocal. Um, and I think intimate relationships are even more telling of, you know, those parts of yourselves that, you know, really needs that excavation, that, that deep reflection um, to know why you're... Um, doing the patterns you're doing because in an intimate relationship things become very much so more um, subconscious so whereas friendships is very conscious I think intimate relationships are very subconscious and so sometimes what you see in your partner is kind of like an extreme nature of what's inside of you and if it's not extreme then whatever they're doing is still a reflection of that inside of you that maybe needs healing maybe need some awareness maybe just needs to be done in a different way and you know you got a quality partner if you can talk to that person and y'all express you know maybe some challenges y'all having with each other and things get better if things stay the same if there's no improvement I mean how can you really be mad because you aren't taking the necessary steps um, within yourself and your individual spirit to do that hard healing and hard looking at. Um, so, of course, in your relationship, it won't um, improve because it takes two to tango. So just as you expect your partner to not cheat, um, maybe look at what parts of you are disloyal. You know, you can say I ain't never cheated and things like that. But Cheating is more than the physical act of sex. Cheating is, you know, a mentality. Like, even if you're looking at a girl's butt, well, you got a whole girl, like, that's a conditioning that can be very much so rectified with a proper, you know, purpose in mind. But in our current society, the purpose is something else. So that fits in the, so looking at another girl's butt in a committed relationship fits that criteria. And it doesn't count as being outside of that. And I'm not saying that guys who, you know, eyes wonder, you know, are bad at relationships or girls who eyes wonder. What I'm saying is if there are things in your relationship that you do not agree with, then there are parts of yourself that you are also not agreeing with and you're refusing to look at. And so you're going to see it manifested in another in order to rectify that within yourself. And oftentimes, you may have to rectify with that other first in order to see it in yourself. And if that other isn't going to work with you to rectify that, then you know what kind of situation you're in. You're probably in a stagnant situation that's not going to move. Um, 
but that's not to say because, like I said, when you have a, a happy, healed, a fulfilled, or, or pure-hearted um, partner, then that change, yes, it can be uncomfortable. Yes, it may feel like you, know, you guys are not in as sync, in as much sync as you were before. But the fact that you're trying to grow in together, that's iron sharpening iron. That friction is what helps us grow. And honestly, sometimes it propel, propels us forward. And so when we talk about spiritual awakening, this is in a clean cut process. This is a constant um, excavation, um, analyzation, reflection, um, and then putting in even more work. And sometimes that isn't comfortable work. And I think that's how I started this episode. Spirituality often starts with some type of rock bottom, some type of traumatic experience, because otherwise, in our current human conditioning, until we get uncomfortable, then we can't even recognize that there's a cognitive dissonance between our spirit versus um, our physical body. So, yeah. Guys, that was episode two on spiritual awakening, part one. I hope you got a lot of gems out of that. And I hope you guys are on your road to being happy, healed, and fulfilled. Have a great day, guys.